Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Science of Pokemon. I am your host, Veteran Lucas, and with me today is Professor Collins, Fisherman Don, and the newest member of our crew, which you met the last episode, Cameraman Chris. Everyone give it up. Give it up for Cameraman Chris, everybody. He hey, knows everybody more about it. videos than we do. <laughs> I like videos and cameras, and that's pretty much the main thing about me. <laughs> we, we brought Don because he liked killing stuff. You brought me because of fish, <laughs> I think. No, yeah, uh, and and, po and, and Pokemon battles, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we because we because we, we found a uh, a loophole in that league we were in last year where where they said only hosts on your show can be battling for your team. We were like, oh, well, Don's a host now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Time. Not that we regret it. Not that we regret it in any way, shape, or form. But ah, <laughs> uh, history. Anywho, so Chris, are you are you, are you excited to be part of this? Or are you hesitant at this point? Oh no, I'm very I'm excited to join you all. I think this is uh, you all have a great thing, uh, great thing going. So I'm I'm excited to Get join. Get out! You. No, don't listen to it. All right. So before. <laughs> All right, so let's get started. It's part three. Hopefully you guys know, and if you don't, you're just jumping in. We're jumping right back into Galar, and this time, instead of just history and folklore, we're going right to biology. We're going back to our roots, back to the animals, and we are going to talk about some of the coolest animals that have been added into the game. So, oh, Chris, you want to you want to say the want to say the thing? Speak from your heart. Cue the music. For the news, <laughs> that's the way it was. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, part of the world the size of Belgium was recently on fire. Oh, it's still on fire, parts of it. It's still there. Still yeah, going. yeah, yeah. yeah. Fire still. Uh, no, Australia's been on fire. It's kind of a big world news. Um, you know, uh, it is not a result of poor forest management. Uh, they, I actually listened to interviews with some of the heads of their like interior departments and, and forest departments and so forth. And I've listened to a few and uh, you know, they do control burns. They differentiate, you know, crops and stuff. They do everything that you would expect the country to do. It's just, it's gotten so hot that it's near impossible to prevent fires from, you know, very small things, even small sparks, simplest of, of incidents. The fact that there's been a three-year drought is really not helping them. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. That's where we're at. This is this is the new norm for Australia. It really is, and it's gotten hotter and hotter every single year, and it's just going to keep doing so. And it's really unfortunate. Um, you know, thank you though to the Irwins. <laughs> they have been a delight, <laughs> and the best. they you know, something like ninety thousand animals saved. Um, more now. Yeah, probably, yeah. But seriously, it, it's been a travesty for the world, the amount of travesty, life lost. It, it's one, I, as someone who's gotten a chance to work in conservation with like big aquarium zoos, travesty is, it's mild. There are currently at least two animals species, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, that are considered extinct at this yes. point. Yes, well, and koalas and, are now endangered. <laughs> Yeah, but the other thing is that, and what people aren't realizing is, even once you control these fires, these animals don't have a home anymore. 
Like you, it's not like, oh, well, the fire's done. Well, we'll release them back. Even if you heal them up, where do you put them? Like a well, lot of people, things, things will grow back over time. But yeah, it's 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 in a the major immediate problem. future. There's a bunch of like injured koalas that are eventually going to get healed up. They're eventually going to need a place to go. And to be honest, like a lot of zoos, zoos and aquariums can't hold that many animals. Like so, it's yeah. They're work. We're working on it. Although, well, and on, I, I and I, I do want to say that like, I want people to understand that this is what climate change looks like. I I know there's a lot of people who say that we get political on this show, but this this science shouldn't be a political issue. I was raised that way, and I firmly believe that that science is science. You know, the only thing that should disprove science is better science, <laughs> not your feelings. You know, better science. You know, I, I I will say, and I know you guys see it down there with you know like the shore disappearing. I I see it up here. You know, with with Lake Erie, Lake Erie was my backyard growing up, literally was my backyard growing up. And it used to freeze over to the point where we could, you know, you could drive a snowmobile on it or walk on it. And it maybe freezes maybe a few days out of the winter now, whereas before it was the entire winter, like the planet's hotter. You know, we may get some big storms and stuff, but it's it's getting hotter. So, yeah, I just want to put it out there because I know there was a huge disinformation campaign done by some Russian bots uh, that has been proven to be a disinforma disinformation campaign where it was being blamed on arson, and that is not the case. Uh, there are some instances of possible arson, uh, but it's like a small handful. Because, again, we're talking about fires the size of Belgium. This is a huge amount of burning. Humans are ambitious, but not burn down Belgium ambitious. <laughs> um, not yet. Wasn't there like a couple world wars or something in Belgium? And... Yeah, but they never burnt down, you know. You they know, just France... walked right through them. Yeah, France is still hey, there, world buddy. World War One Belgium was intense. <laughs> yeah, I know there. it was. Strong. Right, anyways, yeah. Uh, so, Lucas, did you have anything you wanted to add? Honestly, I just want to make sure people know that when it comes to the stuff, <clears throat> a billion animals gone is a billion animals gone. There's nothing we can do about that now. But one of the things that makes me sad is the fact that people automatically hear zoo and think evil. But then you think, oh, here are the Irwins using their zoo to help animals. Obviously, there are bad zoos out there, people. But if you're automatically hating zoos and then praising, oh, they saved the koalas. Where do you think those koalas are going? They're going to be helped rehabilitated well, and they can they can all home. come live in ohio now because it's hot enough here uh, well aren't they <laughs> be like, honest we're probably gonna get an obligate eucalyptus eaters and all that so that makes it even worse well we could put them in california california ha california has a huge amount California's of australian eucalyptus in it too. that's not gonna fix the problem i prefer the wild koalas of ohio <laughs> That's I mean, I'm just, saying, koalas. I'm just saying. Uh, honestly, I've heard they're pretty mean. I'll let you guys have them. Yeah, they are. Yeah, Florida doesn't need them. But Ohio, we have enough of our mean animals here. Ohio, you want them? Oh, they're cute, them. though. They're cute. So are yeah. uh, the other big news is Pokemon news <laughs> that dropped this morning as we are recording this. Um, I am. Yeah, Inteleon has a gun. Don, take it away. Don, what is, I saw Inteleon's design. I'm like, huh, I didn't know Don became a Pokemon Inteleon sitting on his gun, tree with and a I thought, spear it was, gun. I thought he was on it's top on his of tail. a cloud. And then I learned now 
that he's standing in Yeah, and it's not a gun. It's actually he saw Intellion standing on his tail. Yeah, yeah it's but a, it's actually but his Pokédex entry says he's a hundred and thirty yes. foot tail. It's it's, it's already on the official site. Tail. Yeah, uh, but it's not a gun. If it's you zoom in awesome. on the picture, it's looks clearly amazing. water. Uh, kind it's of. A it's a water. shaped and aimed like, yeah. a gun. <laughs> like a gun. <laughs> he even talks about him sniping. Okay, it's. But but it's not. I just want to be clear to our Pokemon. listeners that like, it's not like, like he is a Pokemon carrying a literal sword. We all say, look, we joked about Pokemon okay. Gun showing up, and then here we have Inteleon up on a tree, I just look forward, sniping off the competition. I've seen some good Inteleon memes already, and I'm really looking forward to the next week's worth. So um, I'm stoked. I don't know that. about you guys. I was not expecting this, and I will admit that. I mean, I did know they were going to talk about Home, because that comes out next month, and I said that to you guys yesterday. I was like, they're going to have to mention it, because it's coming out next month. I was genuinely, Woo. Uh, I was hoping that that was not true. That was a rumor. And I am Mr. not Dungeon. a fan of the Mystery Dungeon series. <laughs> I know, I'm gonna get hate. I'm gonna get hate mail now. <laughs> get off the podcast. I'm just not a fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Hit him with sticks. That's five 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 Mulberry Way, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. Chris, you're the new Matt. Take his lab coat. Yeah, promotion. <laughs> All right. I'm the professor now. Um, this was completely unexpected to get <laughs> not one, but two different download uh, expansions. And I think I, I just want to say if t- two quick things. Um, first off, this is replacing a free, you know, the third game. So there's no like platinum or ultra sword. This is it. Yeah, I mean, like I spent sixty dollars. I spent sixty dollars on the exact same game, it's plus, cheaper. plus like two hours of content, and Cartana. <laughs> like, it's we already had Cartana. Oh, sorry, I meant, I meant uh, Stack Attacka. Stack Attack is worth the money, though. I would spend. Just- <laughs> yeah, you know what? Lila has been really sad. Sad that he's not in this game because she really wanted to use him on a Trick Room team. <laughs> he's great. I have a Stack Attacka plush. I love it. It's a box. Uh, it's just a box with legs. <laughs> Anyways, um, but legitimately though, this is a nice turn of events um, for a couple reasons. One, the Pokemon that will be released, the the, the two hundred more that we're going to get into the decks, you don't have to pay anything to get them. Like my game's already updated today to start adding some of the new content, and when the game when the expansions drop. Anyone who has a game can update for free to have eligibility for those Pokemon. Once Pokemon Home kicks in, you get all your boy, you get yeah. some of your boys back. Like, there's literally no need to complain because you get them all anyways. You're gonna be pushing what, like six hundred? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I, I, I want to say, like I, I like it. I like that it's delayed out, right? for two reasons, honestly. And the first is VGC, <laughs> right, Don? Yes. Because it's going to be like we have, just like last year, I think a lot of us really liked having the season change throughout the year. And and you and I talked about that we felt that that was a sign of things to come. Yes, and, people love fighting Garchomps and Landorus Tees. Oh, how I enjoyed that, those days. Uh, well, well, well Lando's not that good in VG. So can I, can I just say how amazing it is, though, to get, you know, Isle of Man in a Pokemon <laughs> game with Japanese dojos? <laughs> Some weird. This is going to be a weird year, guys. I'm so excited, like it's going to be great. But, but you know, here, here's 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 the truth, though. I'm tell- I, I want to say something that like people are complaining about. Oh, we're paying extra dollars for content that shouldn't have been in the game. First off, 
we've always had games like the first game of any generation is always missing other areas that they always add in on the, you know, the third version always. So like this was going to happen regardless. And the difference here is that you are saving $30. I want to point that out that you are literally saving $30, which is a big deal to me because I have to buy both copies because I have two kids. <laughs> Like, oh right! Is it? Uh, is I I didn't see if if it was thirty per expansion yes. or thirty. No, per thirty. Per, thirty. Per, it's thirty. Per. Yeah, thirty okay. per. Um, but I mean okay. that's not a huge deal because like honestly, I was I was thinking about it. Do you know that what the price was for N sixty four games when sixty four came out? A lot. They were sixty four dollars. Turok oh. was seventy nine ninety nine. That's like I, I looked it up. So, like, legitimately, Switch games are cheaper than N64 games. <laughs> and, like, if we think about how much inflation has changed at this point, like, this is this is a big deal, the fact that the games have stayed relatively low comparative to inflation. Like, I don't know what people expected, but this isn't the same, like, DLC that you would get, like, with other games. This is them giving us a third version without having to pay for the full thing. I'm totally down. I'm ready I, to go. I'm so stoked, man. This is going to be great. All right, let's go ahead and just jump right into the oh, Pokemon while we're oh, still happy. I totally called it. I told you that the Kanto starters were all going to get their own G-Max. <laughs> yes, yes, although Blastoise looks sick, and I need him in my oh, life. Oh, my Venusaur boy. Blastoise gets shell smash now, just saying. Does it? Oh. That's oh, nasty. Yes. I'm so happy. Oh, I'm, He's I'm, not I'm very good, gonna... but that's still nasty. I'm that's so happy. incredibly good. That's, yeah. like, amazing. His speed yeah. combined with Blastoise that shell smash plus alone. A redirector plus water spout, which he also learns. Equals death and pain. Oh, this is the best day ever. Let's go to the <laughs> segment while I'm happy. Okay. All right. So we are going to go ahead and get right into this because as part three, I, I wanted to talk about Britain's biodiversity Kind of because there isn't any. There isn't much of it, and that's what's important to me to talk about, is that... So they used to have more. Yeah, they, they did. But they killed it all. <laughs> yeah, I was going to get to that, but <laughs> they kind of... But before they killed it all, it had to make its way over there. So the way humans got to the island was that there was this massive land bridge between the, um, the British Isles and the mainland. And that's where a lot of these animals started crossing over. Uh, the land bridge got the humans there as well, but what really got them over there was the fact that the glaciers um, were still over there. So Scotland was pretty much under this giant block of ice, and so eventually as the glaciers melted, landmass just shrinks down, area opens up, and a lot of the Ice Age animals were left to fend for um, – left to fend to getting his butt kicked. They all got their butts kicked. <laughs> Sounds like most things Most things that yeah, encountered the much. British <laughs> – so the reason that people were actually able to live on that island, because if you actually look where it is, like geographically, it should be riddled with ice, and it actually is a pretty warm island comparatively. I know people make jokes about the wind and the rain and the cold, but the island is ridiculously warm thanks in part to the North Atlantic Drift, which is um the Gulf Stream. You're which welcome, actually come England. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the Gulf of Mexico that gives it to them. Literally, it cycles up and hits them, so it... It's Florida. Florida powers the UK. <laughs> Go You're us. Welcome. Go team. That just changed a lot of history. <laughs> yeah, we... Huh, Florida's responsible for British history. 
Yeah, I don't think What a so. horrifying I, concept. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Point is, once they had – with that Gulf Stream there, they were able to keep a lot of those warmer climates. But because there weren't too many animals that really survived, all that's really left on the UK at this day and age are the medium-sized to small animals. So the giant elk, the mat, the bears, the wolves, they were all – um. Don, how did you put it again? Intellion yeah, they... sniped them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Intellion got them all. I think oh, they still God. have the red deer, which is a pretty big deer. That they also, fun fact. They have, yeah, they. Sorry, fun red deer fact slash gripe for me. They use the red deer in a lot of movies set in North America because they think it looks more like, has like a more photogenic antler structure. So they use no. it instead of white tails in American seems... movies. Like in the Deer Hunter, it should be oh, a white tailed deer, but every scene where the guy is hunting a deer, it's a red deer. But he's no. in Pennsylvania. Red deer were um they had to be reintroduced because they kept hunting them all. Okay. So it's kinda of, they are there. They're just they weren't always gotcha. there. Let the island is full of a lot of different biomes, a lot of different places for animals to live, and it's got Forests and swamps are the most famous, but its beaches are also a really good place for animals to live. So in the swamps and the forests, you get things like foxes, rabbits, badgers, hedgehogs, and stoats. Uh, once you get to the waters, you get a ton of different shellfish. You get normal fish, crustaceans. A lot of different life will live out in that area. It's just not as ex- – when people think of life, like biodiversity, people always think of like exotic animals like toucans or like lions. But – there's still a good amount of small life that lives on the island, but as you guys have already put it, a large number of it was hunted or was exploited in some capacity. Now, we don't always talk about plants on this show, but I think it's important to understand that the land on that island is amazing. Like the fertility of that land combined with the temperature made it astoundingly good for growing wheat, barley, and livestock, meaning that anyone who lived there grew in an area where they would usually be pretty good at surviving. Except Scotland, because Scotland just is Scotland, and it just kind of has to be tougher to live in Scotland. <laughs> I, I hope after this, it, people aren't going to say, oh, uh, Britain has no cool animals. Britain just kind of has nothing really interesting in it. After this episode, I hope you guys understand that Britain does have some really cool animals. So do you guys have anything to add to that? Has anyone here actually been to no. Britain? Uh, when I was like 10. May, hopefully I'll go this What was August. it like? It was uh, like, unfortunately, when I was there, it rained the whole time. So normal. <laughs> yeah, that Nor- sounds normal, about right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think one one of the things that's also important to know is about the British history. In that, a lot of hunting has gone down there, not just as like a means of survival, but hunting is pretty hunting as a sport. Pretty much gets perfected by the British. Like they have so many different what are called blood sports. In terms of they hunt things to extinction, <laughs> but that's the thing. A lot of the, a lot of other people did. The British just did it all in such a small area because it's an island. There wasn't anywhere else for these animals to go. So think of it almost like that well, kind of. I mean, they also <clears throat> helped the entire trophy, you know, hunting industry. But that's the trick, though. At least in Africa, the animals could have run somewhere else. In the UK, oh, you're trapped on this island with these hungry, naked apes running around with steer, spears and rocks. And so a lot of animals uh, – like normally there's a way out. It's almost like those um, like those fenced-in hunting grounds that people go to for some stupid reason. I hate those things. 
Well, in any case, this section was a little bit smaller because, again, British biodiversity isn't super high, so I didn't have any crazy cool animals to talk about. But this next section is where the fun part begins because now we get to talk about some of the most famous Pokemon that have come out of this generation. Woo. Yes, there is Woo. Woo-loo. Woo. Woo-loo. All the Woo. All right, let's get to it. All right. Let's just jump right into it. Let's talk about Yamper. Why not? Let's just jump right into the best dog Pokemon. They can't jump that far, though, because their legs are stubby. <laughs> they... Yeah, no. no. To me, one, this is the... And I named it Ein. <laughs> of course you did. It's a good name for a solid anime reference dog. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but I'm not a weed. I, yeah. I am so disappointed that this has not had a plush yet. <laughs> just give it time. Yeah. If it's like capitalism, it'll get there. I, yep. I I need it. <laughs> we all need it. It's so adorable. <laughs> no, okay. You know what? We didn't get Yamper. No, they, they created plush. Uh, yesterday was announced the entire Zigzagoon line. Ugh. Hey, shiny shiny Obstagoon is a treasure. All three. Get, well, go look at the Obstagoon plush. You, you'll want to. They need yeah. a shiny version. Shiny Obstagoon just, is amazing. <laughs> it's just Gene Simmons. Yeah, no, that was that's our whole episode on that. It's Gene Simmons. We'll get to yeah, Badgers, he wants but to for rock now, and roll yeah, all night. There's nothing wrong with that. Yamper is cute, but it is based on a corgi, and corgis are not just cute; they're also useful. And they are. I love the new, I, I love new generations of Pokemon because they almost always get things right, and I love it. So corgis are a breed that are that do hail from the UK. Like they are originated there. They actually originated in Wales. So Corgi translates directly from Welsh into dwarf dog. Uh, so it wasn't meant as an insult. It was meant just according to, yeah, it's got small, it's stubby got little legs. It's got a constitution score, and, and it's really good at not getting poisoned. We get it. But even better, they bred it for a purpose. It turns out they're amazing. Cows. Yeah, herding cows. Wait, Chris, you know more. You know about agriculture. You do this. I'm, I actually have never been around a herding dog. I have a herding dog. They're really, really? annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I she like bites them. Your, she bites at your heels every like like you know twenty minutes. Get over here! I don't want you over there. Corgis like yeah, you have to be where they want you to be. Corgis are fun because it's like they try to trip you, and then then you're at their level, and they can like lick your face. <laughs> That's my experience with corgis. Uh, that doesn't work so well with cows. Yeah. <laughs> or does it work exceptionally well? Cows just don't like cows. Just don't like stuff by their feet. Yeah, cows just gotta kick it. No, cows are weird. They don't like it. They freak out. They heard so, They're meant yeah. to nip at cattle. Yeah. They have a purpose. Okay. I thought it was just to make the what? queen happy. No, no. That part came later. Some scholars believe Corgi's ancestry goes back to the 10th century with the Germanic settlers bringing in their own small dogs and then breeding them into Corgi's. Mm. So this dog has a thousand years of growth. That is insanity. Yeah, that sounds like – that sounds like – American Kennel Association propaganda. I mean, I was like, I like how any dog that's bred with a corgi just looks like that dog, but stubby. <laughs> it's the Eevee yeah. of the dog world. <laughs> just makes more of itself. But West Kennister dog nonsense aside, Westminster. The Queen of England is what really made these guys famous in the past hundred years because she's had over thirty corgis since 1944 when she got one at the age of 18. That's because she's amazing. This woman. <laughs> She loves corgis. She will do anything for those dogs. It's one of the coolest little bits of trivia I picked up. 30 of these things, like just all over the place. And 
I love how in Pokemon they said, yes, it's filled with energy. It chases stuff around. Like, they got a Corgi 100% correct. And the only one they got even better is its evolution, Bolton. Yeah. Boltound is so cool. I would say Boltund. Boltund. Okay. I'd say Boltund. Boltund. Like the, that's yeah, like he's... the Germanic word, right? Oh. Is, is Hund yeah. German for doggo? Uh, no, that sounds about right. Google Transistor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, there's like a, there's a breed of dog called a Valand, like with the H U N D, and it looks like a wolf corgi, and it's yes. from like a. I'm not sure where it's, it's Viking, I, that, that might be it? like a Scandinavian dog. Yeah. It's one of the Viking dogs. Oh, anyway, okay. back to Bolton. You know, though its eyes are derpy as crap, though. Hey, hey, hey. Bolton. No, that's not an offense. I take my girl Ein into so many raid battles. It's not even funny. I love her. <laughs> hey, they need to give her competitive, though. They don't have competitive released yet. Release it. Yes, right now. Okay. Back to the dog. It's based on the English foxhound. So the English foxhound was a breed that was actually um, put together in the 16th century. Uh, it's younger than the corgis, but it was um, a combo breed between greyhounds, fox terriers, and bulldogs. Henry VIII was the driving force behind the breed. He wanted a dog that would make the fox hunts I mean, more um, sporty. They weren't really breeds back then, but yeah. Yeah. They, they I mean, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, no, it, wasn't, were, it wasn't breeds until, you know, late 1800s when eugenics caught on. Yeah, but it's important that they were trying to get these dogs the right way yes. back then. They were trying to like – Well, but that's get, why like, – okay. like, like, like I used to have um, – which is really tacky, but I used to have – I bought from a hotel auction – in my very first apartment, all these paintings of like the hunt. <laughs> and um, none of the dogs ever looked the same. Like, you know, they, some have spots because it wasn't like a breed, you know, they, they looked You're for traits. For a, yeah. 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 They were looking for like a certain one specific trait. And then that was really it. It was, you know, Oh, you're all short and slender, but like that one's got like brown wavy hair. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, but anyway, they tried in mixing greyhound, fox terrier, and bulldog. The reason they had to make uh, they the reason that thought that they made this this group kind of dog was that <laughs> the greyhounds were taking all the fun out of the fox hunt. They would just let it go, and the greyhound would catch the fox almost immediately because you know, greyhound Too just bad. gonna catch it, and it's like a bolt of lightning. It's okay. That's, but, they're they're genetic cesspools now. They're they're not gonna be around forever. <laughs> The, yeah, the, the dog breeding, pure breeding is hey, stupid. It's always if been... English bulldogs have made it this long. Greyhounds have another thousand years in them. <laughs> what do you have against bulldogs? I love bulldogs, but I feel so bad for them. I feel so bad for yeah, them. Yeah, they, they, okay? they, they, they're genetic. All of like... their babies have to be. All of their babies are born via cesarean. It's bad. Yeah, it's yeah. Really they literally bad. can't deliver babies anymore because they will die. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's rough for them. Same with bugs. Fun fact. That's what you get. That's what you get. Fun that's fact. what you get for dog breeding. So I do have a fun fact before we make it to um our next uh, before we get, Pokemon. Before we get canceled. Before we get yeah. So before <laughs> Rome even showed up, Britannia was known specifically for trading hunting dogs to merchants. So before yes yeah. So that was like their trade. Because like everyone else had their own the only thing. thing. The only thing they could rely on was their dogs. Yeah, like, uh, let's see. We have we have these crops to give you, or I have this dog that'll chase any living thing. <laughs> Which what would you crops like? Do but they even but have? not fast it's enough. It's rainy. Potatoes. They had wheat and, ba- and they had barley and wheat. They had ale for days. And tubers. They had, they had that everywhere else, too. That's nothing. Dogs are <laughs> so that's why they chose the dogs. 
Well, but, they have, and they didn't have potatoes until they came to the Americas. So uh, that's that true. Exactly. So they just had not, not necessarily potatoes, they but they, there was there's tubers. Oh, okay. there are gotcha. other, there are other form. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. All, all the, any tuber that's not a potato is just really really sad to eat, though. Hey, yuca yuca is amazing. I do love yuca. Yeah, yuca is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a mom. plant. I don't but like it. Bolton is known as well in the game for being the sworn enemy of our next Pokemon, <gasps> which is Nicket and. Thiebel. Why can't they be friends? Haven't they ever seen the classic Disney film? They can't be friends Fox because man. one was bred to. <laughs> when you're the best yeah. of friends, <laughs> and you all no like stick no Chris together. is right like literally Bolton was built to kill it. He's literally uh, designed to hunt and destroy it. The amount of times I've had um, to see that movie. <laughs> Nicket and Thievil are the next ones, and they are based on red foxes. Swiper, which, no um, swiping. Swiper, no swiping. <laughs> they are actually the largest fox in the world. I didn't know that. I didn't know that they were the biggest. So they're also the most famous. Well, and apparently uh, they are, people I hate them. That's why they're they dark. bigger types. than Arctic foxes? That's impressive. Yes. Yeah, they're bigger than Arctic foxes. Yeah, they're much – Pretty cool. Yeah, they're, they're quite quite a bit bigger. Some Arctic foxes are big. They um they actually do – Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have them up here at all our zoos. They do um they kind of survive very similar to how cats did before we took them in. They survive really well close to urbanized areas because they can pilfer and steal really really well. So unlike cats though, they're much harder to train. There are people who say they quote unquote domesticated foxes, oh. but you can't domesticate an animal in that short of time. Well, they, they've can't. had people like in Russia where they do it for like 25 years. The silver yeah, that's foxes. not enough. Yeah, you need to like oh, Don't tell me that. They're adorable. <laughs> You, they are cute, they're but you need to wait expensive. at least. Yeah, like you have to wait. At this point, to me, they're just tamed. Like they're not, they're not quite there yet. I can get you a semi-tame coyote like tomorrow if you no. want one. Though, just saying. No, no. I, he I lives under like the coyotes. underpass near my house. I could get him. <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Anyways, about English. So why are they? Why are they dark types? Honestly, they're dark type because they steal. Foxes are known as thieves, even in mythology and European folklore. Foxes are seen as the thieves because they hate them. They are seen. As the... They hate them. Yeah, they. I mean, imagine an animal going into your garden and killing your chickens and running off. To us, it seems like, oh, this is a fun, whimsical thing. Steal the chicken. To a farmer, hey, I spent like three months paying up to get that chicken, and now it's dead. You monster! Like yeah. that thing would the... literally just. There's a lot. I mean, there's tons of like. Look at any old cartoon. The bad guy's always the fox. Yeah, unfortunate. Except the fox. The classic like fox in a hen house. Um, you know, analogy, because they they will do the surplus killing whole thing too, where they'll like they're in the hen house. It's like they're like, oh look at all these things, then they kill a whole bunch of the chickens, and then they're like, oh well, got carried away there, but probably probably (laughs) be pretty mad. I mean, they even gave Thievil the, like, dastardly mustache. I know. Yeah. Like, just like a guy fox mustache, right? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the mask, like, get it? He get is... it? Guy just fox. So... You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you, Matt. So, so, so much of this game, oh so much of this game is a play on words, and I love it. Poltegeist. <laughs> Imagine hating an animal so much that you literally created a sport just to kill it. Uh, like you catch the fox, put it in a cage, let it go. Have you seen Japan and Whaling? <laughs> that's not a game. That's where uh, it's um, a game. Research and education. <laughs> yeah, but it's um, it's important to realize that these animals are 
they're actually a least concern at the moment. Like, there's just enough of them to survive, and there's tons of them everywhere. So, I don't know. We just stopped uh, fox hunting because it's pretty inhumane to just cage it up to kill it. Like, if you're going to hunt it, just hunt it like a man or a woman. Just go in there and do it yourself. You don't need to chase it. Like them. the most dangerous game. Come on, guys. The I have to yeah, shout out to Zaroff. <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified I by a fox last year, though, because uh, I was dead asleep, and all of a sudden was I hear what screaming? I thought was someone. Yeah, it was screaming outside our house, and then proceeded to do that for the next five months every night. Yeah, it's a bad sound. Yeah, it's not great. I, I've heard. We have of, I've here. heard the calls. I checked. The, I checked the calls when I was looking this up. It ain't great. I mean, it's not fun. Don will tell you. Our backyards uh, are woods. We have coyotes and yeah. foxes, and you can hear them. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I feel like Don um, has enough experience with coyotes. We've got coyotes. Yeah, so do we. Yeah, so do we. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, though, um, oh, yeah, the fox hunting thing, too. British, like, going all the way back to, like, the, like, arist aristocratic sort of hunting. Um, in England, going all the way back, they had the style of kind of, like, wildlife management in quotation marks, <laughs> where the king and then, like, the landowners owned, like, the animals. As such, like, the common man wasn't really supposed to be hunting without permission. So hunting became like a very aristocratic thing. Whereas like in America, it's more the uh, like the traditional wildlife management in parentheses method was that you can own the land, but the animals on the land are everyone's property. So that's why like the differences in hunting there versus there or like being like an aristocratic thing to being like common man. Is that why like it's like is that like why it's embedded in like our DNA to like kill everything in this country? Yes. Because it's our freedom to do it. It's our freedom yeah, to do it. No, I, I get it. No, I get it. No, I, I think Don's got a got a social point that I never really thought about. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interest. It's a difference in management style. All right, guys. Matt, we we know this one had to be a plush. Even if Yamper didn't, this one had to be a plush. Yamper's yeah, gonna be a plush though. Wulu was. I don't know about that though, man. Like the fact that they released the entire zigzag goon line before Yamper is kind of weird to me. Yamper's going to hey. be a plush, and then we're going to see it with, like, the queen. Like, there's going to be a photo of the queen with this corgi Pokemon. <laughs> and besides, Obstagoon is rock and rolling all night. He's partying every day, you know. Yeah, but the plush is terrifying. The plush is terrifying. The shiny is beautiful, though. We, we can all agree to shiny. this. <sighs> yeah. It's fine. But, but no, yeah, we have to talk. Wooloo. Wooloo's out there. Wooloo's eh. wonderful. Wooloo's yeah. like, Wooloo took over the internet, and that was hilarious. I love no, that. No, I, I like that people got hyped about it. Yeah. Back before the salt. Back before the time of the salt. Things were better then. <laughs> but um, yeah. we kind of have to, we had to talk about this Pokemon. It's been around in Britain since 4000 BCE. It has been a staple for people to survive on this island because not only does it provide food, but it also provides the wool. In fact, the wool that it provides was so good that the Romans eventually used Britain as their central hub for wool processing. And honestly, we take it for granted in this day and age, but wool is a gosh darn game changer. It changes everything about how you can survive. It is not only water resistant. It can be used in saddles. It can be used in armor, fertilizer, blankets, diver, all this stuff works really well. And the best part, some of it absorbs odors, so you don't stink. And considering it's ancient times, that's a pretty good deal. Yeah. Come no, on, wool, it's gotta be. Wool is amazing. It's like, it's just like, even if it's completely soaked through, it's still insulating. Which, in a place that rains yeah, all the time, that's amazing. 
Yeah, that's wildly useful for them. Now, there is some debate as whether if sheep do need to be sheared or not. Um, Wulu in the Pokemon game says if you don't shear it, it can't move, which is just, all right, I guess you can't move. But you can just kick it down a hill, I guess. Like, there, now it moves just look fine. Up, um, look up uh, Shrek the sheep. There was a sheep that, like, got out of his pen in Australia and wandered the desert for a while. And he's just, like, a giant amorphous blob of, like, wool. Like, you guys honestly Google him right now if you can. Okay, hang on. I'm going. What what are the sheep I'm googling? You monster. Shrek, Shrek. the sheep. He has Shrek. He has layers. Yeah. Shrek he does the have sheep. Layers. All right, fine. <laughs> Good God! What, it looks like a Wooloo came to life. He yeah, that's only that's sad. A, that's and there's a, a picture of him shorn, and he looks so happy that he's not carrying around like a thousand pounds of wool. I mean, how hot oh, would that be? Oh, probably very. Good gosh. Especially wow, in Australia. That is... Or New... is it New Zealand? Maybe it's New Zealand. I think it's New Zealand. It's it's, one of I see those either places. way, it's still horrifying. But yeah, wool has been used for so many different purposes throughout history. We take it for granted. You really shouldn't. Uh, anything else before we go on to dub wool? Well, I was going to add that uh, sheep actually pair really well with solar farms. So if you're in the if you're thinking of the game world, your starting town could actually be a really great solar farm because of all the wooloos running around. Uh, but it's mainly because like if you have all the solar panels laid up on the on the ground, you have to keep the grass low, but you can't really run a lawnmower down there. So people have been using sheep to kind of just come through and eat everything. And uh, you can't really use goats because goats are going to climb on everything and break all the panels. So sheep actually pair really well with solar farms. We have a couple of goats out in uh, around uh, the Ruskin area. There's a solar field nearby here in Tampa Bay, and they do a lot of that eating too. So it's, it's nice to see that they found a use for them now. We actually but, in, in North Carolina, there's the, the Biltmore estate uh, where you can go and stay and drink lots of wine. But they have tons of solar panels and their solar panels are like are fenced off and there's just sheep roaming everywhere. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, Dub wool does not get the love it deserved because it's uh, unlike Wooloo, which is just sheep. Dub wool is based on a very specific sheep called the Jacob sheep. Now it's your turn. Look up a Jacob sheep. I know what they are and I think they're awesome. Yeah, if you don't know what they go- – like, Google that. Are they the ones that look super metal? They're the ones that look so metal. They yep. got, like, crazy horns. Oh, my lord. They're terrifying. Love them. I feel like that's the kind of skull that you would see, like, in ancient times that they're like, yep, that's the devil. <laughs> yeah, like, this is this is the devil. This is evil. All sheep are the devil. No, no. This guy – like, legitimately, Matt, you got to look up the Jacob sheep and just see this thing because it is – it was um, it, they've had him in England since the 17th century, and they do have the multiple horns that Double Wool has. Just looking at its skull alone is horrifying. Uh, the Dex doesn't really have much to match the animal. The weird thing is, it's said to use its horn to show off to the other gender, but both the males and female have it. In nature, the typical rule is. If one has it, then it's used to repress the other gender. If both have it, it's used for defense. So it's a weird flip-flop of the natural. Not saying it couldn't happen. It's just different from the natural rule of order that I'm used to in the animal kingdom. Still really metal. Still literally looks like it belongs on like some horribly amazing... Looks like Dio made it. It looks like Dio put this thing together. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, I'm just going to put this horn. I'm going to put this right next on the album and play Holy Diver in front of it. That's what this thing looks like. It's, I've been <laughs> but, on quite a few album covers for sure. <laughs> so the next one got a lot of hype too when it first came out in this first trailers, and that was Corviknight. So Corviknight to me was um, – well, honestly, it had to happen. You had to have ravens at some point in Pokemon, and – the Corvids, and we talked about them before in the show with Murkrow, are some of the smartest animals on the planet in terms of just their problem-solving skills. So the Corvids include uh, crows, jays, and ravens. And so and magpies. And magpies. So skipping the myths, just going right to the science of it, because they're so ridiculously intelligent, people have been able to do so many cool things with them, everything from problem-solving experiments to looking uh, ident people identification to gift giving all this crazy stuff that these birds can do just because of their high intelligence uh the pokedex shows that every member of the corvanite group is highly intelligent like every single one of them uses um some kind of way of intelligence either fighting or going after the weak spots of an opponent so it really does solve that every it even talks about how um it talks about like in, and you look at the sciences like they have been taught human speech like it's crazy how smart these birds are i mean i've read yeah. some edgar Allan poe they can say words i've watched game of thrones them birds can talk and they got three eyes so what but i mean if we're talking about like if we're talking about tool use with these birds like there's they, they show that they can use tools to get other tools to then get food like if they're given the option yep, they're of, very smart yeah, it's like you put the food that's out of reach and their stick only gets them to a bigger stick. They use the stick to get the bigger stick to then get the food. Which is just a whole – that's like an inception level of intelligence. England yeah. has their own um, – Smart, you know what? Let's some people we know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's not saying much. The reason I think it's important to bring it up for England is because in their history, they've had a mixed relationship with ravens. In the one hand, and like up to like the um, – 1800s or so they were considered like friends because they would literally clean up the garbage off the street london was filthy england in general and living in cities in general was filthy these birds would come down eat the filth and leave so it worked out really well but then in the 1800s they were started to be seen as a threat to livestock and so they were hunted nowadays it's ridiculously rare to find them like it, the last time they saw a wild nesting pair of ravens in london in some park was like in 2004. Like it's it's really sad. They're still out there. They're still all over the place in Europe, but in England they're very very hard to find. The only ones you can find normally are the ones they keep at the Tower of London due to that stupid superstition that literally pays a man to take care of the ravens otherwise England will fall. But, you know, just Do you want to be the do you want to be the person that stops paying that man and then <laughs> England falls? I don't want to take that chance. <laughs> Not... Like like pay the raven man. <laughs> Pay his, pay him his money in cash. Now, in defense of that, um, the ravens have been known to group up and kill baby livestock. They have been known to go right for the face of the lambs and cows. Yeah, they'll eat their eyes. They just, they're really good at killing stuff, and they saw an opportunity, and they killed it. But um, when they're feeding, ravens have been known to call other ravens to feed with them, too. So it's not like you have a one raven problem. You just have a bunch of ravens just showing up out of nowhere. But... While I was doing research, I'm like, all right, what crazy other stuff they can do? There was a couple of research papers that show that ravens may be intentionally dispersing seeds, which means that they are finding seeds, eating them, and barfing them back up 
in places where it's good to grow. So they might even be dabbling in their own form of agriculture, which is insanity. Like to me, that's that's a whole nother level of tool usage. That's next stage world yeah. domination. Like honestly, watch it's, out, man! They're coming. They're they're all coming for it. Everyone's gunning for the king. Everyone tries to take down the king at some point. But again, it's really cool that they put this Pokemon in the game. And obviously they made it a knight with the whole English theme and how it has chivalry and bravery. But the less we talk about knights and what chivalry and bravery meant for them in history, the better. I was going to I was actually going to touch on the uh, the taxi service. Oh, yeah. Go uh, for it. Because um, taxis started in in uh england in old uh old uk and uh and france but they like from horse-drawn carriages as the like og taxis uh all the way up through it like right before the turn of the 20th century they had an, an electric cab service that made so much noise they were actually called hummingbirds uh but it was they had england had one of the first organized taxi services uh and then diesel cars came in beat out all the different electric ones and you know the rest is history we have cabs everywhere but i thought it was cool that they kind of replaced the mechanic of flying with this taxi service to kind of uh pay honor to that tradition of of taxi cabs in the uk that's awesome i didn't i just i just i just like not having hms (laughs) yeah i i don't know i think alola did it best when i didn't have hms because my champ would just carry me around in his big strong arms and i would just feel safe i felt safe yeah (laughs) comfortable <laughs> oh, I, I miss that's the one thing about like sun and moon i miss like i just want to be carried you know i just want to feel safe i want to be held <laughs> oh that's depressing let's move on so before we get to our last one i kind of wanted to voice a complaint because i don't complain much oh come on no i don't complain much i'm usually happy go lucky and you will listen to me gosh darn it <laughs> except for the whole durant rant yeah, okay, but this is my mini rant. This is my Durant. Whoa, Black Betty. <laughs> but um, my biggest complaint with Pokemon was when I saw the lineup of the 400, there was only one Pokemon that really stuck out that was missing, and that to me was Sawbuck. And somehow Maractus made the cut. Like, the fact that England didn't put a deer Pokemon in the game was weird to me. Because yes, it was hunted to extinction, but that hasn't stopped them from putting animals that are hunted in before. And considering that England has used, has several species of deer that still live there, but also had elk and reindeer, and the they even had the Irish elk. Have any of you ever seen the Irish elk? Yes, it's a large, large critter. No, no. Or it was a large critter. Okay, go ahead and Google Irish elk. You'll thank me for it. It's one of the most terrifying things to ever walk the forests. Yikes. So this thing was the biggest deer ever to live. The width of its antlers alone were nine feet wide, and they weighed up to 88 pounds. This thing was a monster. And you're telling me we couldn't have sawbuck in this. Eventually, it went extinct, most likely due to hunting and climate change from the moving ice age. But I feel well, like don't know. Pokemon we might, could have... We might get like a Galar sawbuck. You don't know. Yeah, now that we know DLC is coming out, now I can look to the Pokemon and go, hey, please, can we get... Can I get like a sawbuck Galarian form? Like it doesn't yeah, even it if it's not Galarian. I mean, who 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 would have guessed? Like we've got like you know, Slowpoke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, we got Slowpoke. I mean, I'm hoping they add him in the DLC. Honestly, this rant was written before the DLC was announced, but I'm hoping now they, that I have hope, I'm hoping they stop only focusing on Gen One. 
Yeah, I mean... You're forgetting about Zigzagoon. Yeah. Oh, uh, 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 also Stunfisk. Stunfisk. Uh, and oh, Corsola. Boy. And Corsola. Corsola. Sorry. Cors- yeah, but then... Cor- yeah. So, that little rant over... Again, if you don't know what an Irish elk is, it's an amazing creature, and hopefully... Hopefully, they put it in the game. But let's go ahead and get to Aracuda. Don, you know the most about fish. What can you tell me about pike? Okay, so pike are a neat fish, per se. Essox lucius is the northern pike, which, or just called the pike, which live in like Britain, Ireland, most of Canada, and parts of the United States. Um, it's basically, it's like pike are really interesting. It's really big, like a big convergent evolution sort of example. Um, they share a lot of both more like morphological and behavioral similarities to barracudas but they have no um real like close genetic ties but they're both like long sleek fish whole lot of teeth um they're sort of an ambush predator they'll stay real still and then um they hunt with like big explosive bursts of speed that was the weird thing i saw like aracuda and and barracuda are based on these animals but when i looked up pikes they use that speed instead of for what fish would normally evolve to forth was running away from bigger things. They use it to kill. Yes. Um, so, like, pike are, especially for a freshwater fish, like a very um, pretty good size one. They're, yeah, um, they're pretty the big. Largest... We have them in Lake Erie, too. Oh, yeah. They're, northern U.S. has a big, the, um, according to uh, some Googling, the, the record hook and line pike um, was 55 pounds and was caught by Lothar Lewis in Germany. In uh, 1986, wow. so good job, Lothar. But the biggest that recorded rate of one not caught on hook and line was 63 pounds. So that's a pretty impressive, uh, like freshwater for fish. a river fish. That's crazy. Rivers, lakes, they're um, they'll pre- you know they've got some real impressive teeth. They'll eat pretty much anything that they can catch. Um, and actually, they're not even the largest member of their family. The muscalidge or muskie, people call them, is actually even larger than the pike. Um, but they're known for being pretty aggressive. Um, when food gets food pop, when food gets low, they'll start they'll turn cannibalistic. Um, they eat mostly smaller fish, but um, they'll eat like rodents, especially when they're big. They like like you know a swimming mouse is a tasty treat. Frogs, pretty much anything they can grab. And honestly, Aracuda just says that in spades. This thing is like a fast hunter, hyper aggressive. Have you ever, when you go into the lakes of the Pokemon world and you see the Aracuda, they literally just shoot for you. They just took a beeline right to taking you down. Yeah, that's basically because Pike, like, they're very fast off the line, but it's like they're almost, like, unsteady when they when they swim for, like, a distance. They're not, like, it's almost like they're not, like, it's weird. Like, they're not, like, almost meant, like, they're not, like, they're not going to chase something down far. But if it gets within, like, their striking distance, they're just going to blast at it. It's terrifying. See, I'm glad they added it to the game, to be honest, because that is a really good point. How they before too? There's been semi. Dude, I've seen those teeth. Yeah, it was on River Monsters. So of course it was. If I could also, if I could add to his, uh, just talking about his design too, because there might be a little bit of British influence to it, but especially with Aracuda, it looks like a torpedo, and the self-propelled torpedo was invented by a British inventor. Oh, Um, fun! Didn't know that. That's so cool. I didn't know that. That's rad. Stop so stealing my that, job. I think that's a, a little bit, a cool little nod there. So last fun pike fact. Actually, this is more of like, unless it's not really that fun, but um, 
pike, they'll try to, once they catch a fish, particularly, they'll then maneuver, use their jaws to maneuver it so they can swallow it head first. And if a pike is caught like a, um, like a fish or frog, sometimes they'll get, um, birds or small mammals. They'll, um, first, like if it's, a an air breathing critter, they'll try to drown it first before finishing eating it. Well, Chris, this is your first example of conservation corner with Don. <laughs> This is just this is your first head experience with it. It's a little scary. We've gotten used to it. It's usually either violent or tear jerking. At this time it's both. You're just drowning birds with your evil fish. Yep. In any case, the, I mean, we have enough Galar Pokemon for a spillover, but I wanted to get these guys out of the way because when it comes to uh, when it comes to these Pokemon, a lot of them were some of the first introduced and they were our first introduction into the Galar region. I think it's important to get a chance to get to know them a little bit better, as they were some of the first ones we got to see. We are definitely going to have a spillover episode of this stuff at some point. But for now, I think it's just time we wrap it up. Anyone got any last words about this evil fish that Don drops on our doorstep? Don't drop it on my doorstep. Oh, they're invasive in California, and you're required by law to cut their heads off if you catch one. Really? Yeah, wow. Because they don't want them there. That's some cane toad level of hatred. Yep. All right, guys, thank you so much for um, listening to this episode and this series of episodes because after this, we'll probably go back to other stuff too, but we'll be back to Galar. With the DLC, we got to come back to Galar. There's so much we haven't talked about yet, and I cannot wait to do it. But um, for now, I want to say, Chris, nice work. Thank you for being part of us, Arrow, again. This has been a lot of fun having you so far. Looking forward to do this more and more and more. Yeah, hopefully we can get some some good content coming up in the next couple of months uh, video-wise. Oh, that'll be so much fun. I think, I think legitimately I'd like to see a video on the Apple guys. <laughs> yeah, we got to – Flapple's how you made your way into with us. Flapple's how you'll you'll steal the hearts and mind of the lovely people who are watching all this. I, Listening, whatever. They'll be watching. I lost to a Flapple team last week in that tournament. Don, I need you to help me with Appleton because I love Appleton. Yes, we will work with him. He's a good boy. He's a good Apple boy. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, guys. Again, like, comment, subscribe. If you guys give us a five-star review, as Professor, you always say, tell one friend because oh, you're right, man. Please do. You know, like we we, we want to keep growing and we got so much more that we want to talk about. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, again, guys, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day or night. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.